Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show, 10 years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorski. Guys, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with this topic. You've got to, somebody's got to coach me, and I mean that most sincerely. So it starts out with, and this is a, a Fox News article, but it's it's just where I want to dive into the topic. White, their title, White House called out for letter to media urging scrutiny on Biden impeachment inquiry. Their word, outrageous. So what that, the, the short of that is, is the White House giving direction to the media on what they should be doing, how they should be scrutinizing the uh, the Republican-held House of Representatives for doing this impeachment. And when I said I'm wrestling with a topic, on one hand, and I'm being very sincere about this, on one hand, I watched what they did during the Trump administration and what they're doing to him now. And then I look at what's really starting to unfold with the Biden fraud or the, the Quig pro quo deals, it's just a hot mess. And I'm thinking to myself, holy smokes, if if our politics has become, who can we trick and treat into legal nonsense? To me, it feels so much like a banana republic when both sides of the aisle are trying to rip, legally rip the other side's head off. But then I look at Biden and I think, the guy is a criminal, but they knew it when they elected him. Nobody went, I didn't know. They knew he was a criminal. It doesn't seem to bother them. He bragged about his criminal effort with telling Ukraine to fire a prosecutor to save his son. He bragged about using U.S. tax dollars to do that. Meanwhile, they impeached Trump because of a telephone conversation he had. Miles, reel me in because I, on one hand, I want the rule of law and order. On the, other, on the other hand, I'm, I just want a mature I'm, culture. I am probably an outlier here, but this this came this letter came off to me as theater, because since you and I were kids, Mike, and probably before, the media has always been an arm of the Democrat Party. So the letter appears to be redundant. And so, why would they want to issue a uh, letter like this, which makes no sense, because Look, even going back to the Clinton impeachment, the media attempted to tear into all the people in the House that were putting together the articles of impeachment. So this means nothing. What type of theater am I watching? And listen, you're right. But I will tell you from the, let's just use this show as an example of my personal outrage. If I received a letter to this show from the Trump or the Biden administration, telling me how they would want me to cover an issue from either side of the great divide, I would absolutely push back with all my might against anybody telling this show and the folks that are involved with this show what their opinion will be and how they'll report it. That to me is right out of old Soviet kind of thinking. That's like the picture definition of politically correct. And folks, that was a Soviet term. Well, definitely state-run media of the White House is controlling the messaging. Um, but, and I agree with Miles, theater, I don't know if I'd use that word. I'd use the word distraction because the Biden administration has been very, very good. If they've accomplished anything, they've accomplished the mastery of distraction. 
Well, Democrats have always been good at that. Yeah. Miles, do you agree with the word distraction rather than rather than your word? Six of one, half dozen of another. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, but I think the re- the distinction for me is we know it's happening, but for the media actually report that it's happening. Yep. Is the distraction because that if they're reporting that, that's less time they had to focus on the impeachment inquiry. All right. So so let's flip this around for a minute. Just for funsies, Putin says prosecution of Trump shows rottenness U.S. political system. My sub notes is I think he's correct. I do. But then I'm, and you guys always know I'm the outlier when it comes to who do I blame. And in this instance, who I blame is once again the voters. You all knew he was a plagiarist liar thief. You knew that. He's got 47 years of documented thievery, plagiarism, and bold-faced, in-your-face, smile-at-you-all-waving lies. I, I just, I, I don't understand voters to keep electing these people. And by the way, not to make a topic of it, but I see Pelosi at 83 years old has announced she's running again. She, and, and she'll win! Yeah. And I blame that on the voters. What moron walks into a voting booth and says, yes! I'm voting for, not to get off on that topic, I'm, I'm sorry, but when I look at this through foreign eyes, Putin in an example, and by the way, Putin in the Ukraine war, last I saw we're, we're over $80 billion that they're admitting to that we have shepherded to Ukraine and Ukrainian allies, both in direct funds and in military value. For a war that's been going on for 300 years, it'll never end. And that at least the Biden administration, if not both sides of the aisle, have been deeply involved in financial coercion and exchange with. I, I listen, I, I, it's all repugnant to me. It just is. That's not partisan, by the way. I could say the same exact thing that I just said about the G.W. Bush administration. Let's skip the R's and the D's for a minute and start pointing out as citizens and voters and what we're not going to accept anymore. Miles, am I off the rails on this? No, although, I um, as you and I have argued many times, is it the fault of the politicians or is it the fault of the voters? I would say that I think that this argument has descended into, is it the chicken or the egg? I, I You know what? I get that. And I don't know that it was an argue, but maybe a very passionate, friendly debate. <laughs> <laughs> but... But listen, when you know that the person's a criminal, you and we'll use Biden specifically. When the guy's up there talking about holding back $6 billion in aid, that's our money, folks, and how he was able to get somebody fired that was actually going after his son that was employed making crazy money with absolutely zero experience. And so, Miles, you've known me since high school. Do you want to hire me as a, as a code writer in your universe? I'm not qualified. And neither is Hunter. Folks, I, where I differ with you, Miles, and it's been our lifelong differ maybe, at least on the topic of a politician or voter, is the folks knew this. Nothing that we're saying now is revelation before the election. I think you're making some assumptions. What's the assumption? That the folks didn't know? Yeah. The guy's a plagiarist? Yeah. It's been documented for decades. Mm, yeah. The Democrats threw, the Democrats threw him... Hang on. That's 1987, though. The Democrats threw him overboard twice as a presidential candidate. Including the Democratic media. Because of of propaganda, plagiarism. But you're assuming that the next generation of voters, next two generations, 
know anything about that. Then if they don't know, they don't belong in the booth. Folks, if you're that stupid, don't go in the booth. We'd have like 12 The voting booths. booth. If you don't have a clue who you're voting for, you don't belong in the voting booth. They don't. Then they don't belong there. Because we are a, a mailer, a sign, and a commercial and that's political good enough. system. I heard his name 83 times. I'm voting for him. He's got a D by his name, and that's all that matters to me. Or my professor folks, told me. Folks, you got to think about that. That's bonehead thinking. Yeah. The guy is a notorious plagiarist and liar and thief. Mm-hmm. Notorious. He sat right on stage and claimed Highly he was... Highly documented. It's not like Mike Hewitt's opinion. Highly documented. And oh yeah, I'm going to vote for him. He's got a D by his name. And he's not Trump. It doesn't need to be documented. And he's not Trump because Trump said things I don't like on Twitter. Remember, this week, he just said he was at nine ground zero yep. the day after. Right. They know for a fact it was a week. Right. He was at... Third good marshal telling him to vote for the Civil Rights Act. They he say, wasn't even Congress. They say, oh, they say, oh, calm down. That's just Uncle Joe, but he's a good guy. He's just a little daft. Documented. It happens every time. Except for when he said this week, I'm going to go to bed at the D20 Summit. He did, he, he did, he did do that. <laughs> I don't know, Miles Bauer. It's a toughie for me. Listen, folks, we've got to go to a break, but don't go nowhere because we'll be right back. Guys, let me let me take us back to one one spot in the middle of that segment that I don't want to leave undone. We've got eighty billion dollars being invested in Ukraine. I, I think that a lot of Americans believe that that was the right thing to do in the opening of that war, based on what they were told. And at the time we talked about it on the show, we had Putin running around going, "We're fighting Nazis," and you know what, folks, there. They're, they're actually fighting Nazis um, that are literally flying the Nazi flag. It's not some fringe right wing or right wing or, or a Democrat hating a Republican misusing the term. They're actually flying the Nazi flag in Ukraine, on the side of the Ukrainians. And so when Putin says, by the way, he's not exactly a choir boy, but when Putin says we're fighting Nazis, it's the truth. They are. And we spent $80 billion that, in my mind, were taken from a lot of good citizens and then gifted away. Then I think, well, where's the money going? What's the accountability? Who's spending it and how? And you know what? We don't know. Who gives somebody $80 billion with absolutely, not some, not a little, zero accountability? Why is it that we can find $80 billion, yet we still have homeless veterans on our streets oh gospel exactly where i was going so if you go to inner city america and you pick the city pick the state there's absolute destitution here in our neighboring large city where we're broadcasting we're in holland michigan right on the beautiful shores of lake michigan 30 miles from here is grand rapids 
the second largest city in the state of Michigan and easily the most prosperous of the large cities in Michigan. And there's scores of homeless people living underneath the bridges all summers long. And the cops will come in about once a month, every six weeks, shuffle them along, and they immediately go back. And you know what, Miles Bauer? You're exactly right. Our inner city schools are flatly failing. 54%, as you folks have heard me say a billion times, 54% of the adult population in the United States are reading at or below sixth grade levels. There are homeless peoples. There are more people homeless inside the city limits of Los Angeles than there are than there are total population in the county we're broadcasting from. Get your head around that. And we're sending, to your point, Miles, we're sending 80 billion to who and we're not accounting for it? while we've got that kind of destitution going on in the United States. I, I, folks, I'm sorry to rant, but it throws me right off the rails. <clears throat> so I'm going to go back to what you said about the war. Two things. One, I want to clearly state that if President Trump was still president, this would have never happened. We wouldn't have been there and there'd been no war. There'd be no war because right. they took Crimea when it was Obama. They took this when it's Biden. They were not doing this in trouble. And, and I maintain, not to stop you, but I maintain both of those administrations were deeply personally invested and benefiting from that war. Yeah, and, and I Financially think, benefiting. And many in Congress probably too. Absolutely. Um, the second thing is, let's go back to Vietnam, Desert Storm, uh, Iraqi freedom, freedom, I think it was called, and the war on terror in Afghanistan. Can we now on the next conflict say, hold on a second, what's the truth? Every one of those wars started out with one narrative right. that end up not being the actual narrative of the fight. When are we going to step back and allowing the, our troops just to be sent or our money to be sent or our equipment to be sent without hearing the truth? But listen here. Lud, Lud, I've, I've, I've said this before. I'll say it again. This has been true since the beginning of time. Yep. The first casualty of war is the truth. Absolutely. But listen to that point, both of you, and in general, I make the statement, human nature itself has not changed. And, and, and by the way, that's exactly why the Founding Fathers said that this country would not take a military action without an act of Congress. So it wasn't going to be some massive military-industrial complex raising capital for themselves. It wasn't going to be the president that was going to get kickbacks to his brother and his son. It wasn't, that wasn't what was supposed to happen. We're going to take a military action or aid in a military action, and the Founders thought to do that 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 called on a on a vote of the House of the People, meaning we want input. And it still does, but now... They don't do it. You're using the word military action. But now it's a police action. Because that's what they get away with. If it's called a military or police action, they can do it without congressional approval. But they, they can are, bypass the budgeting part of it. But shame on Congress. They should change the rule. Should, no, hang on. Congress funds it. Congress still holds the purse strings. They fund it with the budget, but they don't actually fund that fight. That what the executive branch does right. is is move funds from another already appropriated area and move it to that. If I were, around if it. my daughters were little girls again and I was and I had them on an allowance because they worked and earned it. Yeah. And and I said, okay, here's twenty dollars and this is the things you can't use this money for. And I heard that they were actually doing it. Mm -hmm. I don't. Oh golly! Well, I hope you do better next month. What I do is I don't give them the money anymore. Yeah. Now your budget is off until you can demonstrate that you're responsible and honest enough to handle it. But we don't have those measures in place. We have we the do. measures that they, if they spend their entire budget, they get an automatic 2% increase. We have a Congress that, to your original point, that a number of those folks are deeply invested in getting this oh. money back. Oh, yeah. 
You don't go to Congress and make 170000 for eight years and come out a multimillionaire. Folks, come on, that's not I'm a Truman, a Democrat. You can't make a living and you can't make yourself rich. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but the only people that make themselves rich in, in government are thieves. That's a paraphrase, but that's the message of what Truman said. Miles, what do you think? Gee, that almost reminds me of how, how Pelosi has multiple homes and drives around in a Porsche. So, right. So I do want to take back. Uh, what, I think, a wa- what a waste of a Porsche, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think Desert Storm, I think the truth was probably actually told there. Maybe I'd take that one back. But everything else we talk about, these police actions and everything. We, and I think you're right, Miles. The truth is the first casualty. But yeah. what a point. Ten, what, the 20 years, 22 years, 21 years in Afghanistan? What, what point do we go, okay, this was a lie, let's back out. Let's, okay, it's enough, we're done. Well, see, the, the uh, question is, we, so we went into Afghanistan to get Osama bin Laden. Right. And then when we actually got him and, and killed him, then we should have got out of there. Right. But no, I guess the Obama administration, they wanted a nation built. I, listen, I... Well, that goes I, back to W. I, I don't want to blame I, just Obama on that one. I, I'm going to make myself a fringe guy for a second because I never believed that the Osama bin Laden pursuit had anything to do with Osama bin Laden. I didn't I ever, I never believed that. I thought then this is a big money squish and that's what it turned out to be. Um, and I just- Is that conspiracy theory? Uh, not like yours. I'm not, this is, this is- Is this that like conspiracy theory, This is Miles? not a flat earth. This is not <laughs> aliens inside a hollow earth. This is none of your theories. Uh huh. That's not like conspiracy theory to me. Uh, no, oh, I agree. Though, like, obviously, Iraq was uh, a finishing of his dad's work. That's what that was all about. Uh, but I think the original intent of Afghanistan was, vind- was vindicating his father. Is yeah, what he was doing. Yeah, it was the final goal they didn't meet because they didn't think the American people would be okay with him killing Saddam. Okay, great. We don't go back and finish the job because there was no need. There was nothing there. Now Saddam was stupid. He played played chicken. He lost. You don't have nuclear weapons. Tell the truth. Okay, but. So we end up fighting listen, Obama or Bin Laden in Pakistan. They knew he moved from Afghanistan to another country years ago. Right now, the hawks on the left, the war hawks on the left. There's none of those, are there? Uh, well, 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 there always has been. There's always on the right, I thought. Almost every single conflict in American history was brought on by the left. No. Folks, that's not an opinion. You can go back and document But they always that. want to cut the military budget. I, I'm just telling you. They don't if they're not getting any. <laughs> If they're not getting it, meaning they're not at the helm, yeah. they want to cut it. As soon as they're at the helm, then they're all spending it. But if you look at history, we can go FDR, we can go through whoever, the Democrats in the Civil War, we can go however you want to go down this path. It is always the left that is, with the exception, I think, one time. Matter of fact, at break, I'll try to find that one time because all the rest of them were from the the Democrats on the left. Yeah, This is not new. No, it's not. It's not new. But the media narrative or the Democrats' narrative is that's the right that wants the war. No, we want military funding to prevent. So war. they said they said Trump was a, a, a war hawk and yeah. he's gonna get us in a nuclear war. Zero. And hang on, and they said and they said Reagan was a war hawk, nuclear gonna gonna they said the same thing. But I gotta tell you folks, the reality of where we're at right now is we're on a path to have a conflict directly with Russia. And you say what you want about Russia, but Putin will not play nice. So real quick, between all those presidents, Reagan and now, which are the only two non-DC presidents we've had? Right. There you go. And neither one of them, got, no us connection, in a, and neither one of them got us in a war. Listen, we're, we've got to go to a break, but holy smokes, you can't believe the stuff we've got coming. We'll be right back. 
Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. I almost made it through without laughing. <laughs> He's just shaking his head. Folks. I don't even have anything to say. Listen, house, housekeeping for a second. I get to brag. We are broadcasting from our flag station in beautiful Holland, Michigan, on the shores of Lake Michigan. WHTC Holland, 1450 AM and 99.7 FM. But we are blessed with being carried on affiliates across a number of states. We thank our affiliates very, very deeply. But mostly, folks, we thank you very much for listening. Thank you very, very much. And again, like I always ask, please send me a, send me an email, mike at the mikehewittshow.com. If you got a question, a correction, a request, please don't hold back. Remind I'm, them how I'm always right. Uh, nobody's going to lie to me like that. <laughs> Truth hurts. Yeah, listen, I want to go in a different direction if I can. Will you do me a favor and play that that little bit? Mike Hewitt here. Have you heard about BRICS, the powerhouse economies of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, working together to become captains of the global economy? None of them are our friends, and they represent 42% of the world population. They strain to replace the dollar as the global reserve currency, and while the dollar remains dominant, it's dropped to a 20-year low. DC prints valueless fiat currency to fund every dollars for votes boondoggle. The politicians of both parties can dream up, plus billions to foreign governments, both friend and foe, as a means of control. The countries of BRICS are saying enough. They don't want to be controlled, and they don't trust the value of the dollar. Blame them? Print and spend politics drives inflation, but if the world stopped trading in the dollar, our economy would collapse. We can't run our personal finances that way. Fiscal responsibility isn't political, it's common sense. Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You'll like it. Ludwig, you teach micro and macro economics on the university level. Yep. And you're the reason that we're talking about this topic right now. Tell us about BRICS. What is BRICS? So it started out as BRIC, uh, and it was about maybe a decade or so ago. It was the merging nations, the four merging nations, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, and that they had the fastest growing, in a sense, middle class and were developing wealth and, and industrializing. It wasn't seen as this national uh, threat to us. It wasn't seen as a global threat. It was four nations trying to work together, especially when India is actually a pretty close ally uh, and, and Brazil's neutral. I don't think they're really um, enemy or ally, but it was to create some kind of economic buying power for them, essentially, that they would, it's almost like the EU or the United States or some kind of NAFTA, something where they would have a trade deal, but also be able to trade as a collective group rather than individual countries. So an economic Soviet bloc, only in this case, an economic Chinese bloc. Yeah, I mean... It's a political bloc. It is, but it, I don't think the, the intention was for these countries that are trying to build out to be more economic powerful together. They wanted to have more power on this. Yeah. Well, listen, but when I look at the countries, I'm, I'm looking at Brazil, which is a significant economic country. Mm-hmm. Folks, if you don't think that, if you're, if you're looking down south and you're thinking, well, that's just like whatever you know, country you want, you're wrong. It's a significant economic powerhouse. So I look at that, and, <laughs> and then you've got China. We already know all about China. Um, we've got Russia. We know we've, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about Russia, both, both uh, India, most populous country in the world, China, huge. 
and then South South Africa has now recently joined, which is which is why it went from brick to bricks. But the concerning part, and the reason I brought this up, yep. isn't even just South Africa, because honestly, I didn't realize that South Africa had joined. So that's got to be pretty recent. Yeah, it's the nations that they're going to be adding next year. Right, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, right. Egypt. Saudi is key. Yes, because these are, I mean, Saudi Arabia is supposed to be our ally. Well, Saudi, Saudi, and we're going to talk about that somewhere if we get time, but Saudi Arabia and Russia are doing joint crude oil transactions now. Mm-hmm. And that, so if you're wondering what price, why did your prices kick up at the pump, part of it was numbskull policies from the White House. The other part of that was exactly what we're talking about. So when those two get together under the BRICS flag, um, listen, they're slowly, it's becoming, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but it's making the globe start to look like Republicans and Democrats. And I only use that so you can divide them up far left and then the right. Yeah. And the concern, it's not even, it's not the concern just about the oil. Like that's a piece of it. It's the fact that we already know that Saudi Arabia and Russia and China have tried to, oh, the other one's Iran, by the way, yep. um, have tried to take off the dollar. By doing this, if they can basically divide the world in half and have the Western countries, you know, Western Europe and the United States in one, and then us and them over there, that's all of that transactions that happen to the dollar taken off, which instantly takes our value by less than 50%. When they add those countries that you mentioned to their list, that will tip the balance. It'll be a, it'll be a little bit more than 50% of the world's population and GDP will, will, and GDP will be on that team. And I, I need you to take, and then I want to, Miles, I'm going to switch to you in just a second, but Lud, before we go to Miles, tell me what happens to our economy domestically here in the United States to Mr. and Mrs. We work a lot and we pay our taxes. What happens to the economy if, if our fiat currency is no longer the world currency? So if, if our, we, so okay, so the Dollar Tree is always a dollar. They said they never read their prices. It just went up to a dollar twenty-five now. That's a twenty-five percent inflation rate right yeah. off the bat. What you'll see is the Dollar Tree will have to be renamed to like the hundred dollar tree. All right. Everything and it'll be hundred dollars rather than a dollar. So Weimar Republic. Yeah, but your money, you don't your hundred dollars doesn't become a thousand dollars. You still only have a hundred. Right. So what you could buy for a dollar yesterday will cost you a hundred today. Right. That's fearsome, scary. Uh, and that's why I think you see a lot of people switching to precious metals, right? Because their valuation doesn't change. Does not very, very, that very, is. very minimal. Change. In fact, if this happens, you'll see precious precious metals market skyrocket. So you're talking gold, silver, and lead. Yeah. Uh, well, lead, yes, but in yes. a different way. I'm just telling you, <laughs> Miles. What say you? Yeah, I was going to say, Lada. I thought that the 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 key problem here is that governments all all over the world have purchased dollars. And if they suddenly want to give us our dollars back, that's what in effect plunges the 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 dollar straight into the toilet through the basement. If you refer, are you referring to dollars as in bonds, treasury bills? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so just so everybody understands, it's not that they actually have dollar bills; they have treasury bills and bonds. Yeah. So if they turn them in on us, then we have to repay them. The the caveat is, and we don't hear about this is enough. We also own a lot of their debt. Right. So if they wanted to turn it around on us, then we turn around it on them. So we're all, an ex- example is China. So we owe them a boatload. And then you got me on this about, uh, probably three months ago on this topic. When we got off the air, I had folks, I have to confess, I went to do some research. Because I was in a panic. Why would we owe our enemy that much money? And they owe us pretty close to the same. Yeah. You it's were, almost like a playing Uno and right. hitting them with a the reverse and then hitting you with a the reverse. Yeah. It, it washes out. 
perhaps. It's it's meant to be scary. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but Lud, isn't that really just mutual assured destruction? Correct. Yeah, but your bank accounts don't change. You're, That's how I interpreted it. It's similar to me owing Mike twenty dollars, and then I pay him, and then I'm like, Mike, don't you owe me twenty dollars from last week? And he pays me back. But but the folks, I got to ask you to look at this from a different direction for a minute. Ask yourself what would be the motivation of these countries to break away from the dollar bill and from our dominant financial control. And in my view, the answer is this. Like I said in that 60-second piece, we use our dollar bill to control these countries. Big time. We dominate them. And by the way, let's be fair, the federal government uses their to control your county, to control your state, and they do it to control other countries. Those countries that looking, they're looking at us, both sides of the aisle look like a clown show. Yeah. There's a civil war on the right. Well, guess what? That's that, that's that's what the media reports. But the reality is, is that there's a civil war on the left also. And there's and then, of course, both sides oppose each other. So if you're a country and you're just wanting to do business and you're looking at us and we're an absolute banana republic clown show politically, they're going, wait a minute. Why would we have our economy resting on those numbskulls? Why would we allow ourselves to be placed in that kind of jeopardy? And meanwhile, we're tired of them trying to control our domestic politics. Yep. So get you and your dollar and your clown show and hit the road. That's got to be how some of them are seeing it. Listen, there's a lot we've got to talk about on that one. Folks, we'll be right back. All right, Miles, I got to go to you for just a second. I'm, we ran into a hard commercial break, and I, I didn't want to leave it where I left it. When I try to look at this from the other countries, those BRICS countries to start with, Saudi Arabia soon to be included, Egypt to soon be included, am I wrong, Miles Bauer, when I pontificate a little bit on how they're viewing us and why they would want to move away from the dollar? You think I'm all wet on that, Miles Bauer? No. No, not not at all. And I I can see from one perspective that a a person in another country could see more stability in the Chinese government than they see in our constitutional republic. The problem with that is they're completely wrong. The Chinese economy has been bankrupt for over a decade. They're using us to prop it up, and they're using their manipulation of the currency, not first and foremost, to prop it up. So do we. Their manipulation is much worse than ours. Uh -huh. I mean, they, they'll, they'll make it so that you can't bring the sh jobs back because they'll manipulate the currency to be valued so low against the U.S. dollar that you fiscally cannot move them back to onshoring. So if we had a dollar bill that we were still under the gold standard mm -hmm. where you could look at the dollar and say, okay, that dollar is worth this weight of gold, yeah. it would be tied to that. If we had that, that would be a very different arena. Oh, yeah. So now the, the Chinese government specifically, but in truth, all of the BRICS organization and those countries that are looking to, they're looking at the dollar bill going, we have no clue what that thing is worth. We've tied the value of a dollar bill to a political lie. I think it goes one step further. And, and this is where a lot of people do not understand is the sanctioning part. Right. So this week we, we had a trade deal with Iran for some 
U.S. hostages and, and Iranian uh, prisoners. Oh, my God. Don't I, even get me started no, on that. I know. I know. I'm not going down anything with that. But they released $6 billion yeah, in yeah. Iranian money. So this is where you got to be careful when you listen to just the media. If you listen to one side, they're telling you that they re- we gave them $6 billion. The United States did not personally give them $6 billion U.S. dollars. They released $6 billion Iranian dollars that were in transactions. They were held, I believe, in South Korea. So what happens is anytime something's trading in a dollar, it goes from their central bank to ours, then from ours to the trading partner's bank. So when we put a sanction on, they're no longer allowed to transfer that money to our Federal Reserve. That's where these sanctions are. And I can see that this is where I think China and Iran and all these countries are going, you know what? We're done with that. What do you think, Miles Bauer? Well, the the other big lie behind (laughs) that that, uh, $6 billion so, Mike, if I have $1,000 in my wallet and then you sit there and you tell me, Miles, I'm going to give you $1,000, but you can't spend it here, 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 or here. Yeah, right. And, that, and then I'll say, fine, great, because what I'll do, I'll repurpose the $1,000 that I have in my wallet, and sure, I'll only blow you, the 1000 you're giving me on stuff that you won't want me to. So we're... We're, we're still, in effect, funding terrorism. That's exactly correct. And by the way, even on a domestic level, I would tell you, and I think you might agree on this, Miles Bauer, I would tell you that one of the chief driving factors of wanting a digital currency is that if they say, uh, Mike, you bought more than your share of coffee this week, yeah. you're done buying coffee. That's exactly yep. right. Uh, Miles, you can't, what do you call that, Tito's? Is that your vodka? You, yeah. From now on, you have to have pop-off. No more Tito's for you. Yeah. Right. To so track everything you buy, cut you off when they feel it's unhealthy well, they, or but, and, and so folks will look at us and go, oh, stop it. They're not like that. But let me tell you, they have been like that since the end of World War II. We have absolutely dominated the choices that friendly nations and nations that are stuck dealing with our dollar bill. We've dominated their choices. We have the, exa- we have the exact example that's happened here within our own country. New York City disallowed selling any soda over 24 ounces. Right, right. You weren't allowed to buy it. Okay. So you just buy two 24 ounces, but you weren't allowed to buy it. So okay. there, they'll take one step forward. You only buy one soda that day. Now, take another example. So you get a county. I don't care what county it is. Anywhere in the United States. And the county, that the, whoever the administrator is for that county, they say, wow, the federal government is offering 50-50 grants for us to have a park. So we're going to glom a lot of money from that 50-50 stuff. We're going to have parks everywhere. It's going to be beautiful. But, folks, when you start reading the fine print in that glomage, you're surrendering your local sovereignty to the United States government so that you can have your 83rd park. Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, who forgot to bring their brain to lunch that day? Yeah, I, I think it's incredible how we allow as a state the federal government to tie our state dollars being returned and it's an in el- exchange for what they want. And it's an unelected bureaucracy that drives that power with our dollar bills. They do it domestically on the county and individual level, literally on the individual level, and they do it to other countries. And I'm not defending BRICS, so please don't misunderstand me. But I'm saying I can put my honesty hat on and say, listen, I can see this through their eyes. You're done telling me what I'm going to do with your dollar that ain't worth a fraction of what you're telling me it's worth. Yeah, if I'm a sovereign nation, you're not telling me what I can or can't do. Right. 
So we demand our sovereignty, but then we want to control them with our dollars and in their trades and have the power to seize some other sovereign country's assets. You get to the point where you go, we're, we're, this is nutty. Well, do you think we allowed Britain to do this because the pound was the, the world's currency pr prior to the dollar? Do you think we listened to Britain on what they wanted us to do? Yeah, and then, and <laughs> so then you get the old concept of, you know, um, allegiance with no nations and trade with all. Yeah. I, I'm paraphrasing clearly, but the, the founders knew all about this stuff because, because human nature doesn't change. As soon as you give a glob of people, especially unelected people, you can't even point to who the, who the heck is controlling it. You couldn't find them. That makes that person awful powerful. And it's a, it's an unelected bureaucracy, and they've got incredible power. Well, I think you're going to say, like, if I gave Miles uh, Tito's and Cranberry, I wouldn't be able to get it back. He'd probably give you the Cranberry back, but not the Tito's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it real well, but I'm guessing on that one. Yeah, that's the other thing with this stuff. You give a dollar and you keep – take it. T you can't take it back. Once we've given it, it's hard to take it back. G20 announces plan to impose digital currencies and IDs worldwide. Not doing it. Well, what are you going to do? The, listen, people walked into the – here up in – what do you call Michigan, Miles Bauer? The Whitmer Correctional Facility. And as they were ramping up the COVID, people are saying, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And all of a sudden, everybody was doing it. I'm just, I'm just I telling you. Okay, you did do it. I watched pictures of your family watching one of your immediate family members sealed in a billet building passing away, and and the, the Wicked Witch of Michigan wouldn't allow your family to get inside that room. That is you doing it. No, it would have been different if it was my mom because I would have been in charge. I would have made a huge, I would have been on the news. <laughs> oh, my have been read, I'd have been internationally known. Ah, U.S. crude oil prices to top $90 a barrel for the first time since November 22. And I said my little sub-note, speaking of energy and foreign policy, because, folks, you're going to see the gas prices start sliding back up. Did you say $90? Yep. Yeah. Because it was 145 when gas used to be 415 That's exactly. But, but, but that goes along with a whole bunch of other stuff that goes exactly to your point. But when you look at gas prices go up, in fact, somewhere in my in my news list today, there's a story about how surprisingly, unexpectedly, food prices really spiked in August. No way. As if, by the way, folks, those foods just happen to, like, beam in and materialize onto the shelves, and you don't have to worry about transportation costs to get those foods from farmers to distributor centers, the ones that they didn't burn down two years ago. Remember those few? Yeah. Don't forget the farm equipment now is even more expensive to run because it's not done by hands, it's done by machines. They're driving it through the roof, and it's going to affect you. So when you look at this and go, well, I don't care. That's a long ways away. It's not. It's on your grocery shelf. Food prices and energy go hand in hand. Gas prices and, and vehicle sales that now affect a number of states that hear us. It directly affects your world. You know, it's funny. Macroeconomics used to be about a 10-year time frame outlook. Most people didn't care about it because it was so far down the road. You wouldn't really know that it happened. But the idea now, macro and micro are so tied together, it's happening almost immediately. I'm torn between which one I want to go to. This is for Miles Bauer. I put this on just for you. Romney will not seek a second term in the Senate. <laughs> That's, I, I uh, did laugh when that, I asked. That's on the list solely and completely for you. <laughs> I did. I thought, he's going to dance around the living room when he reads this. So. <laughs> All right, listen, we're down, we're down to under a minute. 
I see Manchin uh, grapples with his political future, three options, running for re-election in West Virginia as an independent, meaning the Dems are throwing him out of bed, running for president as a no-labels candidate, or retiring for politics. 30 seconds, Miles Bauer, what do you advise Senator Manchin to do? I think he's going to end up re retiring That's because he, he uh, sold his soul to the devil yep. when he agreed to all those coal reg regulations. Yeah, I don't think he's got a path forward in either party in West Virginia. I think that's yeah. your point. Listen, folks, thank you very, very, very much for joining us. Please be safe. Can't wait to see you next week. Have a good day.